Hey, this is Dag Ferrick from Rob Zombie's Halloween, and this is Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. Hi, I'm Judith O'Day from the original Night of the Living Dead, saying please tune in to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. Thanks. Hi, everybody, at Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is Russ Streiner from Night of the Living Dead. Stay tuned. it off happy halloween listeners you're listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are a podcast that talks about horror movies and we're going to spoil some of them and uh maybe we'll hold back on others since we're going to be talking about a few more movies this time than usual um thank you to the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of every show you can find them on amazon or itunes if you want to buy the music digitally or say hi to them on facebook where they are the moon dash rays or the moon hyphen rays, which will avoid the confusion because there's another moon rays. So here we are recording just a few days before Halloween. Mm. It's pretty Halloweeny out there, <laughs> at least here in Denver. Um, will, have you uh, bought any little tiny candy bars? No, but the uh, hardware store has two buckets of candy at the counters well all the counters so one and a half at your counter now that you've been there uh yeah they refill them every day so it's horrible (laughs) it's just awful it's like that much candy it's like you're on camera but the candy's free oh they don't care if you eat candy you have all the candy you want you have all the water you want it's terrible Well, maybe it's not great for your health, but uh, but at least it's fun this time of year to have tiny candy bars. Tiny yeah. candy bars. They now have tiny Tootsie Roll suckers. Really? Or maybe they've had them for a while, but I don't even know how they have any Tootsie Roll in them. They're about the size of a Go ahead, say small it. Booger. marble. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Large booger. BB. <laughs> Yeah, ball bearing maybe they can't even get a stick into the thing yeah no it's tiny it's one lick so Jolien, you didn't have trick-or-treating when you were a kid no no but you, uh will when you were trick-or-treating in new mexico were the trick-or-treating in new mexico <laughs> that's the name lover of... boy's newest album <laughs> i could just see like this this it's got an adobe on it, <laughs> some candles, and a kid in a ghost costume or something. But he's wearing tight leather pants under the sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like, though? Did, was everybody ready? Did all did all the houses have a good bowl of candy? Almost all the houses had gave out candy. Um, you know, I even had to go to the houses like my 
my doctor who always gave out something terrible like raisins or oh, you know just but, don't participate uh seems like everybody turned out everybody gave out candy uh, some houses were better than others i discovered you know, that too. typical yeah it was chicago do you it, trick or treat in chicago we did you know we were in a in a neighborhood and not like a you know not a city street so much as a neighborhood street and you were pretty much well back then you know free free range parenting was definitely a thing so we as long as there was one older kid and i don't even know that anyone cared about flashlights back then they had all that hilarious shit on tv like the news people would be like and make sure you don't cover your face with a mask only wear makeup and uh, have a flashlight and it's like, are I you kidding? We're going nuts. <laughs> I don't remember ever carrying a flashlight. And I think from about third grade on, I could go uh, just with friends, no adults. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we you had... know, we're like the only rule was never go inside the house. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you could take anything. They might advise you not to eat candy on the way. Right. Check it out. But... That was only once in a great while. They would have... uh, Usually if you got an apple, you knew you were just going to leave it on the doorstep or throw it in the street or... (laughs) Bring it home and set it on the counter. Yeah. It was never going to get eaten. No. If it was, it was going to be a parent eating it. Yeah. Yeah, for us, you got a pretty good haul of candy. Like, I think each kid got, you know, a decent-sized mixing bowl by the time you dumped out your... Your pail or your sack or whatever you used. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, um, back then the streets were full of kids. It's never, it never looked like it looks on the movies where everybody's in a perfect costume and every single house is decorated. No. But, but no. most, you know, more than half the houses had decent decorations and there were a lot of kids out. I don't remember a lot of decorating going on. There were maybe some cardboard ghosts and skeletons mm-hmm. occasionally a house might put up tombstones but for the most part they just turned on the porch light that meant there was free candy there and yeah and i guess when i say decorations i mean mostly just the window decorations no, yeah they didn't even have halloween lights yet no there were no halloween lights no that... we were just that weirdo that kept christmas lights up year round <laughs> and they didn't make orange christmas lights no so that those days are gone though. I mean honestly like the, there's not enough people who are who are that um concerned about it or that enthused about it to where they're going to really rally to get all the kids out and I think some of the gated communities maybe do more of it than others but um Julian in your neighborhood uh which is a historic part of Denver what do you suppose you get in a Halloween night as far as number of trick or treaters uh, very few now yeah. Like, uh, uh, where we live was like ninety percent Latino mm-hmm. uh, when we when I got there, and and now it's it's like mostly white. And, old, and hardly any trick or treaters. And like young couples who don't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, uh, you see more kids now actually in the past couple of years. Like the uh, the uh, millennials are starting to breed. They are. Yeah. But um. Yeah, the the house across from us goes crazy every year. Like this year, it's a witch theme. They've got like a, a witch, you know, mounted on a, a pyre, and uh, they got witches around this cauldron, which gets lit up with this 
like smoky lights at night <laughs> and this pumpkin patch and everything that's really cool they don't have a black goat bucking around no no black goat yeah too bad I missed that one maybe they're saving that for halloween I think night they're doing the salem they've, they've got like a, a like an old-timey sign for salem yeah up and stuff so they're, they're sticking with that theme it looks pretty cool though I yeah mean, they're they're putting a lot of effort into it mm-hmm. every year they do yeah but yeah decorations i mean there never used to be a whole store for it it was just like an aisle you know like a like a single length aisle at the drugstore department store or whatever that you would get your paper decorations mm-hmm. off of a hanger it was mostly costumes yeah it was just those ben cooper costumes yeah. and some rubber masks I saw one today that somebody posted a bunch of uh, those old costumes, and there was a Welcome Back Cotter costume. Jesus. And I just thought, what sad child had to be Gabe Kaplan for Halloween? Come on, son. Is that child dead? You could pretend it's Groucho. Oh, good. I could be Groucho instead of Gabe fucking Kaplan. Mr. Cotter. Yeah, there was a Vinnie Barbatino costume too but that at least you were trying to be someone cool question as mark questionable as that is but just to have to be gabe kaplan it's all man the- you're hoping for a razor blade in the apple that year hope somebody gives me a rock i want to be horseshack yeah Jesus. You get all your friends together to be the Welcome Back Cotter gang. The Sweat Hogs. As the they were. Sweat Hogs, yes. That's what, that's what their gang was called. But uh, You were going to say, Jolian, sorry. Uh, if you go down the uh, posh streets, uh, some long posh streets around here, they have amazing decorations up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, there's one that has this whole pyramid of ghosts and stuff. Oh, nice. Massive. Yeah, now you've got big box stores that didn't exist back in the day, like Target, that have large areas of, of their seasonal department dedicated to Halloween, and whole entire stores um, made from abandoned stores. And for any listeners overseas that, uh, that might be listening, um, a store that closes isn't necessarily abandoned for long because Spirit Halloween Store is going to rent it for a couple months out of the year. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but Halloween shit in a whole store. <laughs> It's an old Kmart or an old J.C. Penney's or what have you. Yeah. Businesses that couldn't survive. <laughs> so it's not a bad model for running a Halloween store. You only need it to be operational a couple months out of the year and you're done. Yeah. Make all your money at once. So um, what have you guys watched since last time? Julian, you want to kick it off? Uh, well, I, I can't find my list. So I packed it. Make it up. You're right. Uh, in terms of horror, I've been trawling through uh, stuff I haven't seen before. So I saw this like slasher from the eight, late eighties called Iced. I think it's from eighty mm. eight. Never even heard of it. Uh, so it's a it's a ski holiday themed maniac. He's <laughs> bumping off these people. I mean, he's like there's like years before. A few years before, there was this, there was this like um, breakup, and a guy killed himself apparently, and uh, now he's come back, and he's got a ski mask on, and like this bright blue jacket, and he's knocking people off with icicles and ski poles, and hmm. uh, yeah, I I can't recommend it really. If if you if you want a 
you know, a time capsule of 1988. <laughs> 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 and, uh, there's good for that. But at one point, one of the characters says uh, they're watching something and, and, the, and a character says uh, it's one of those movies where you, you only look up when someone's naked or getting killed. And uh, I realized that I hadn't been watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was like reading a magazine and uh, oh I've, I've ah. been watching this movie for about 10 minutes but uh, yeah it's that exciting so the movie that said that was that yeah yeah wow. so it was at least self-aware hmm. um, or was it so uh, yeah I can't really recommend that one um, I saw Asylum of Satan which was this Spanish movie for I think that was also from the eighties, which uh, which is another boring one. It's all sunny, somewhere on the coast, and some woman comes looking for a sister and uh, ends up, you know, infiltrating this satanic cult. But that was that was pretty dull too. Mm. Uh, sort of Spider Man Homecoming. Scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Very scary. It's where yeah. Spider Man <laughs> takes a date to the school dance. <laughs> And it doesn't turn out the way he hoped. Uh, what's that? What's that one we that was shot in Denver? Oh, um, that was we lost something. Damn it! I was supposed to write that down. It was um, hold on. But anyway, it, it was this uh, movie uh, with a fellow from the, the, the forgotten film. one. Yeah, the forgotten one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so what's his name from the Stepfather series? Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, he's brilliant. So he he turns up in Denver and. This is this is like back in the day. You like can, no one's moving to Denver anymore. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the funniest line. One of the, of the early movie. lines, and he just drives in, immediately gets this like big old Victorian house, and he's just a writer. And yeah, he's, he's got like one book to his name. He has like a fifties Cadillac, like a big long car. Right. He's got the whole street to himself, which is a hilarious joke now <laughs> yeah. because you couldn't park a smart car on mm-hmm. any of those streets when it was now. Was this made? Uh, 88, 89? Yeah, this is oh, back in the 80s. Okay. Like, Late so 80s. 90, 90, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 89 that it was released. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, Denver was pretty, pretty empty. It was then. pretty well done. So it was, it was filmed uh, on one of the streets just off of near Ogden. Yeah, it was on... Just off of East Colfax. Yeah, it was on Emerson. Yeah. It was filmed on 16th and Emerson, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so just off so Colfax. So it was fun to see the your localities there. Yeah, it's weird, it's, isn't it? It's, uh, it's quite a good, like, gothic ghost story where he moves in and he realizes the house is haunted and there's some woman who emerges from the basement. And uh, so he investigates it with the help of this reporter who's living across the street. And, Conveniently. Yeah. Which is Christy McNichol, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't recognize she works her. She the Denver Post. Yeah, I saw, I saw her name in the credits and I went, shit, that was her? <laughs> huh. Um, yeah, so, so that was pretty... Yeah, it's got a real dreamlike quality. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it on any of the streamings? YouTube. Jolien oh, sent you me a link. It yeah, it's yeah. pretty good quality. That's fine. Yeah, I link. can watch YouTube on the TV. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I tried finding the director around here, but seems to have done a few films, and but I couldn't find you know a way of contacting them. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of wonder if the uh, I'm sure the people who own the house know about it. I mean. You couldn't own that house and not hear about it eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'd be interesting to go knock on the door. Hey, I want to talk to you about that movie that was filmed here. It's on my way. Go to, away. It's on the way to my doctor's, so I can, I, you know, I pass by it and take a photo of it. Yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, this morning um, I was listening to BBC Radio 4. Um, they always do good stuff around this time of year. And uh, they've got a series uh, called Unmade Films. Oh, nice. So well, they, they take scripts for films that never actually got to production, so like, you know, Hitchcock and stuff like that. And uh, so this weekend they did um, uh, Hammer Horror's The Unquenchable... The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula. Oh, wow. A.K.A. Dracula, High Priest of the Vampires. So this is from a 1970 script when Anthony Hines was rebooting the series again. And uh, so they had various ideas for uh, Dracula in India because uh, at the time Warner Brothers had all these like all this money and holdings supposedly tied up in, the, in, in India. India. So they thought they could do like cheap co-productions. Ah. Um, and this this all fell through and they ended up doing the Hong Kong co-productions which became mm. Le- Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires but anyway this um, so this, this so they they did a reading of it um, like a live reading of it but then this is like a proper like radio drama version yeah uh, directed by Mark Gattis uh, yeah it was very entertaining it's uh, you know um, a couple of people go to you know, they end up at this um, Haveli and, uh, you know, looking for their missing relatives. And uh, there's Dracula there and huh. lording it over a Maharaja and a whole bunch of vampires. Wow. Yeah, it's good fun. Uh, yeah, I recommend that. And they're also, they also, this week, uh, they did a reading of uh, the original Omen novel. Oh. That was quite fun, too. The whole novel? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It's like five parts. <laughs> Sounds but like anyway, a lot of fun. That's all I can remember because, like a fool, you know, I've had I've not had a good week, but <laughs> and I've <laughs> capped it by forgetting my list. Hey, some things slip by, and yeah. that's if that's one of them. Then so be it. So, Will, what about you? You go. You want me to go next? Yeah. All right. Since we did this last, I watched A Nightmare Before Christmas. And I figured not well, a Halloween film. Well, Sorry, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> All right. Well, since that one doesn't count, I made up for it by watching uh, other things. Um, I did watch Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was kind of interesting. Not a horror film. No. <laughs> it may have Freddy Krueger in it, but it's more of an Easter thing. Uh, yeah. So I watched that. Now we'll just gloss over that because everyone has seen those two. A couple I had not seen and heard about them a lot and really wanted to see, I discovered that it was available on Shudder, Ms. 45. Oh, yeah. Now, this starts, and I know I put it on my list for some reason or another. Um, So I went, okay, well, I'm going to hit play on something. I'm not going to, like, keep scrolling and mess around for half an hour and then discover that it's going to be one in the morning by the time I finish something. So I start this movie, and it looks like they're doing a great job making a period piece for grimy... Uh, 80s New York and it turns out it was just made in grimy 80s right. New York so this was it was great it was like uh, God, what year was that one 88 I want to say it was late 80s anyway mid 80s late 80s uh, I know there's probably some listeners that are screaming at us right now because I can't remember 84 you moron yeah, I, think yeah. it, I think it was the first half of the 80s was it the first half you know that's probably right now that I think about it um, anyway so it was made in the 80s and it looks like Holy crap, they did a great job, but, you know, it's just sleazy New York. And um, so this woman works as a seamstress in this uh, little shop that that does um, 
more of a high fashion brand that I think they're maybe they're doing the prototypes before things go into production or maybe they're trying to do production with just less than a dozen employees. But it it, uh, quickly becomes apparent that this isn't a horror film as much as it is a rape revenge film. Yeah. And this uh, really pretty young woman um, is just goes to a store picks up a few things on her way home and this guy pulls her into a like a nasty little doorway and rapes her um and then uh she gets home and it turns out coincidentally there's a burglar rapist that got in and um you know without giving too much away she she uh puts one over on him and and uh takes care of that problem but then has a bigger problem to take care of than the fact that now she has a dead rapist burglar in her apartment the movie goes from there. It does wind up in a Halloween party at the end where she's dressed as a nun. Yeah. Uh, the reason it's called Ms. 45 is because she ends up with the burglar's gun. Mm-hmm. And she's just out taking care of bad guys. Right. Taking them out. That's a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole string of her just shooting guys who are trying to do harm to women. And uh, it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Never watched The Tingler. I thought, have I seen this thing? Huh. You hear about it all the time. And uh, it may have played in front of me when I was a kid, and I may not have remembered a single bit of it, but I watched The Tingler, which was really interesting. So that was uh, introed by William Castle, and uh, he talks about how, you know, there's there's going to be things, you know, and the best thing to do is scream. And, and then, of course, they rigged the movie theaters with buzzers under the seats. Yes. And so people would... I saw it at the Scarlet where they rigged a few seats. They did. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Nice. So, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, that would be a movie to watch. And they did Flying audience. Skeletons, too, didn't they? Yeah, that was a Mergo. I yeah. think that was for House in Horton Hill. Oh, is mm-hmm. it? Okay. I was kind of wondering, because there were some some uh, hallucination uh, trip scenes that, that uh, had skeletons kind of wavering in and out of focus. And I wonder, oh, those pictures I see of the skeleton being, you know, flown through the uh, theater on a, on a string. I yeah. wonder if that's from the same night but apparently not um i watched we are still here finally uh Hmm. barbara crampton stars in this one it's awesome um there are a couple things i would wish to be different for this movie um basically it's a um couple and it's again set in the uh, early 80s i believe uh like 81 82 but it's you know modern film it was made in 2015 um, it's a couple who are in their fifties, probably early fifties that are moving to a house in the country and it's kind of starting over in a different place. And I believe the deal was that their, uh, their child had died. They had a son who had died and they, I think just wanted to get away from everything that reminded them daily that, you know, they had a, a dead child and they had some friends who were going to come to visit and it becomes apparent pretty quickly that something's up with this house. Something's wrong. Uh, the basement is ridiculously hot. There's smoke. They don't know why. They're trying to get people to come and look at things and fix things. And then um, what I would wish to be different for it, and this is a small spoiler, is that there are some kind of smoky, ash-covered, well, uh, burnt-looking um, creature, these demon creatures, uh, you could maybe call them ghosts, but they're more like demons, but they're sort of smoldering black with sort of mm-hmm. glowing embers underneath. Uh, they can do physical harm to people. I like p- 
possession, house possession kind of stuff, ghosty stuff to be more like they can do stuff, but they can't like rip a hole through you. you yeah. Know? So that's what I thought was the flaw to the movie. But other than that, it, it does build dread really well. And it's, it's got some good scares and it's, it's pretty spooky. I watched that movie last year. So you do remember it? No. <laughs> it no. comes up on my Netflix as, you know, watch again. And I, I went to Eugenia, do you remember that one? And she said no. <laughs> but she didn't watch everything last year. So hmm. I have to find my list from last year because I don't remember it. Although I vaguely remember the smoldery amber yes. people. Yeah, I saw it a couple of years ago and I have the same thing. I, I see the title come up and I go, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have seen that. <laughs> There's another one called The Awakening in which... Oh, the recent one, yeah. Yeah, this lady goes to a... She's kind of a... Uh, I think it takes place in the 30s. I don't remember, but uh, she's sort of scientific, sort of skeptical, ghostic investigator. Hmm. And it comes up all the time and I think, oh... That sounds good. And then I remember, I've seen that, and it's not very good. It's okay. mostly forgettable. <laughs> mostly forgettable. So that one, I would say, is a, um, it's a recommend on the, on the level that, you know, it looks great. It's got a couple flaws, but I'd say watch it anyway. What else are you going to watch? Um, it Comes at Night is a really quiet. Oh, yeah. Uh, full of dread you're not sure what the big bad is i saw mixed reviews they were either one star or nine star like nothing in between and my my view of it is more favorable than not because i i liked the mood of it i liked how it worked i like how it felt but basically it's uh a small family that uh takes in i think i think it's another small family like a, a couple with a kid takes in another couple with a kid or something like that. Um, or just a couple. Anyway, uh, they've got this sort of fortress um, out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. But it's a house that they fortified to make it safe from whatever the big bad is, which we believe people infected with a virus, from what you can gather watching the movie. But it's never explicitly explained that I noticed. And um, there are points at which they have to kill people because they can tell something's wrong with them, and then they have to burn the body. Hmm. That's at least what it looks like. They have to burn the body. Maybe they're choosing to burn it, but it doesn't look like burying it would be enough. So it's like, okay, they're done. They've killed them. They douse them with a lot of gasoline and throw a match, and then they're done. Okay, weird. But then um, once they're inside the house, in theory, they're safe. Uh, so there should never be a problem that originates inside the house. And then, of course, things go wrong, as they will with a horror movie. But the complaints were always like, it comes at night? Question mark. What comes at night? I'm so mad. You didn't spoon feed me a bunch of shit because I'm a big baby. Well, that's not what they said, but that's... Yeah. If you read between the lines, everybody's a big baby and wants everything explained to them and handed to them. It's like, what, you can't use your imagination a little bit? Anyway, I liked it. I, I want to watch it again so I could really understand what the hell is going on. Um... And then I had to, I wrote this down, even though it wasn't a movie, I wrote this down because it was so funny. Um, 100 Years of Horror, episode six, Werewolves. And this is hosted by Christopher Lee. And it's great. It's, uh, you know, it's from a handful of years ago. 
but uh, it's a whole series talking about um, movie monsters, basically. The description on it lists, um, and here, I'll, I, I took a picture of the screen so I could prove to you guys that this is actually a thing. It's so dumb. Okay. <clears throat> 100 Years of Horror, Episode 6, Werewolves. The history of the werewolf film focusing on the work of Long Cheney Jr. and, Long. Mike, and Michael Landon. And Michael Landon. <laughs> yes, of course. And I, there, I zoomed in on that so you could Long see. Long Cheney. Long Cheney. Mm. So, he was popular. Yeah. The, <laughs> well, the porn parody of The Wolfman uh, starred Long Cheney Jr. Long Cheney. And I was kind of thinking, well, what would be some other porn names for uh, <laughs> horror porn actors? And I was thinking Frankenstein's Monster's Monster would be a good one. <laughs> but so I watched that and it was actually pretty good. I, but I, I couldn't get past Long Cheney Jr. Long Cheney. Um, so then I watched uh, A Dark Song. Did you watch that one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was on. Uh, that one's on Netflix. Uh, uh, Gaspar, who is one of our uh, listeners, he's in Slovenia. He sent us a message on uh, Facebook and said, hey, guys, recommendation, a dark song. And uh, then it was also mentioned by my tattoo artist who was tattooing this long Cheney Wolfman on my arm uh, this past Tuesday. He mentions a dark song and he's like, you know, it, it really it really sat with him. And he, he's yeah. had to watch it like a second and third time. Wow. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar, Jolie, and this one is about a uh, a woman who hires uh, basically a a very learned, very high-ranking sorcerer guy to um, take her uh, through whatever it whatever is necessary to accomplish a spell, and we're talking months, like locked in a house together, with no contact with the outside world, and they have to go through all these arduous uh, procedures and steps and. Uh, and you watch it kind of unfold over time, and then there are some awful things uh, originating from him, and some things that she didn't disclose to to him. And uh, there's some really uh, interesting. Um, let that motorcycle go by. Thanks. It's a nice day for a motorcycle ride. Right. It's, it's a very lovely fall day, and it's going to snow tomorrow. Um, but you. Uh, you kind of see how the, this relationship uh, between the two of them sort of, um, you know, goes back and forth between uh, just kind of there. You know, it's like they're, they're, it's perfunctory. They're doing what they got to do uh, to accomplish whatever to do this spell. And what she basically tells him is that she wants to uh, be in contact with her dead child. And he died unexpectedly and he's... What a five-year-old! I'm guessing seven. Seven was it seven. Okay, he was seven, and he was kidnapped by a cult. Yeah, and mm -hmm. killed. She and she in a sacrifice. Yeah, so she says she she wants to um, be in contact with him to like maybe to apologize or whatever, and then it unfolds. And this is a spoiler, but not a big one. That basically she sort of discloses. Yeah, I want revenge on the people who did this. So okay. that's a, as much as I would want to give away other than the fact that it looks really cool. And it's Will, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Will, if you want to talk about it a little bit too, like what, um, the look of it, uh, the mood of it. The mood, everything was great. It was uh, uh, mostly one know. location. Yeah. Mostly just in a house, two actors. 
for the most part. Um, uh, yeah, I really recommend it. Dark song. Okay, I've written fact, it down. I wouldn't be opposed to doing that for next episode if you yeah. want. If you want to see it, because we all have Netflix access, mm-hmm. and uh, it is that good. So maybe for next week we can count on that. Um, I did not get to go see the Night of the Living Dead. Um, there's only like one or two showings left before it's done at the one theater, and I don't know about the other theater, but um, the 4K restoration with the additional minutes of footage. I didn't get to go last night. Um, something that is um, a more limited engagement than that was uh, some friends are moving to Nashville, and uh, they've got some great opportunities there, and it was basically an, an open house sort of, uh, you know, uh, bon voyage party. So it's like, yeah, from this hour to this hour, uh, everybody can swing by and um, just sort of hang out and eat some food and drink some drinks and then go. Uh, so, you know, it ended up being like, I know that's what I got to do Saturday evening. And then, you know, this is Sunday. And I don't know that I'm going to get to the showing that would be the last one. And it's probably going to be sold out. But I figure that's going to be available sooner than later on uh, Blu-ray. Or maybe there's a couple more showings at the Alamo, but uh, didn't get to see Night of the Living Dead. But um, the worst thing that happened was, okay, I watched The Forgotten one. I liked that, the one that Jolie and I were talking about. Terry O'Quinn, who was also Locke on uh, the TV show Lost. Um, yeah. Never it, saw that show. No? <laughs> no. Well, I saw the pilot and guessed how it would end. And, yeah. Uh, and you weren't wrong? No. Oh, good. You saved a lot of watching. Yeah, I thought uh, they don't. Uh, it didn't feel like they'd worked out what was going to happen, but yeah, yeah, it seemed like they're making it up as they go along. Yeah. Then I watched one from 2017 called After Images. It was on uh, Amazon. I didn't. Uh, you, you remember when I was talking about how um, the, last week the one looked like somebody was just going bananas with every trick that their digital camera and their digital editing software would right. do. Mm-hmm. This suffered from looking like a student film had gone just run amok and done every crazy thing it could do. Constantly reminded that you're watching a movie mm-hmm. and uh, everything just happens super conveniently. It's almost like it should have just been an anthology rather than a straight through line story. But the focus of it is that these students have been given this assignment um, and they're shown what an after image is, which is to stare at this thing on a bright screen. And then when they kill the lights, you still see the thing floating around in front of your eyes. Yes. Well, this bunch of college students burn something in their little, they have a little fire pit out behind their apartment or their house that they rent or whatever. And then when they, they burned a camera and the next day when they were cleaning up after their little party, they found some photos in the ashes and it's like, okay, if you stopped right there and, and had to explore what each photo meant, great. But then they just started like, what if we burned a video camera? What if we burned this? And so it was like, it was like sticking a tooth under their pillow and look a dollar. It was like the next morning there was like, Oh, we burned a, we burned a video camera. And now we have a movie. And then that shows them watching the movies that were left by the movie fairy in, in the ashes. <laughs> it was fucking stupid. And I'm sorry I watched it. I'm really annoyed that I watched it. I've been, I've been reading like the... What was that one called? After Images? Yeah. 
right, I've got to watch that one. It's just the dumbest thing. I was like, where's where's that ghost story one Jolien was talking about? I need to shut this off and watch that like Mind Bleach. I need to get this stupid... Uh, you've not watched that yet, either. I can't no, find it. I, I haven't been able to find it yet. Oh, well. Uh, that'll be a treat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been reading the, uh, the Monster Bus... You know the uh, yeah, they did the collections of all the Jack Kirby monster stories in the late fifties, in <clears> order of him drawing them. Yeah, but there's a story in there where a guy gets a he gets a he buys a typewriter from Eastern Europe, so you know you, it's you know it's magical in some way. Yeah, and it turns out whatever stories he writes for these horror comics comes true. Yeah, and then he he writes one where it's about this monster that you can't kill, and then sort of things go horribly wrong. Oh man. But, uh, yeah, it's quite fun. But you should know better. Yeah, <laughs> you can't cut its head off. <laughs> it takes nope. like ten minutes or so to read it, so it doesn't wear out its yeah thin premise. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that sounds like a similar sort of setup. Yeah, after images. Oh God, it's it's wretched. You should watch it. <laughs> I'm going to. It's on Amazon. Yeah. On, right. It's on Prime, so you can you don't have to pay for it. All right, You'll good. pay for it with your time that you should have spent doing something. You'll remember it on your deathbed. You'll be like, why didn't I watch that fucking movie? <laughs> 90 minutes I could have done something else. Yeah. Like punch myself in the face while burning my hair. Yeah, something like that. Is that all of them? That's it for me. So, uh, all, right. all right, go for it, Will. So I watched one called Temple Wood, huh. which was a will say student film <laughs> um, does it constantly remind you it's a student film it's just bad thankfully it's only like 53 minutes long oh good um a student's professor goes missing um he goes looking for him and ends up at a stone circle although rather than an ancient stone circle it looked like it was some guy's you know, folly from 1910 or something. Some rich guy had a stone circle put in his garden or something. Um, it takes place in the mystical land of Scotsland. Scotsland? Yes. Oh. Uh, there's a Scotch man in it <laughs> who has a stone axe. So um, he's Scotch? <laughs> yes. And... Uh, I just, it was so bad. It was almost enjoyable. It was so bad. Almost Con- enjoyable. Constantly either. That, that's the quote on the back of the. Pushes his face, his hair out of his face, pushes his glasses up or down, or dabs his forehead uh, with a with a handkerchief constantly. That's all the thought that went into the character. <laughs> Hmm. So he's he's got he's got these uh, ticks and these affectations, and that's and that's it. That's what he is. Um, you do see what they called a horned god, but it was really just a sunflower-faced tree man. So it wasn't rape a rape god. It wasn't a rubber devil puppet. No, it's worse. <laughs> oh God! It looks. Like somebody drew a sunflower on a paper plate and and put it on a bad tree costume. Oh, God. <laughs> and this movie is worse than I'm making it sound. Oh, God. It was bad. 
really bad. Then we watched uh, Neon Demon. Oh, yeah, yeah. How was that? Fantastic. Glad to hear that because I've, I've not watched it because a lot of bad feedback about it. I talked about it. Did yeah. you? Did you? Mm-hmm. That was a while back, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I forgive you for falling asleep when I was talking about it. <laughs> I can't remember everything. Looks looks great. I love the soundtrack. Oh, it was fantastic. It looks so good. Okay. Um, I'll put that on the to-watch list. Uh, Keanu Reeves plays a really, really sick character. Yeah. Named Hank. Huh. Who tells you about some real Lolita shit. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna write that down for a to watch. Um, yeah, looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'd like to watch it again. Um, did you see it on Blu-ray or? Uh, we just watched it. It's on Amazon or Netflix oh, okay. now. So I think it, yeah, it's yeah. Try and try and watch a really good version of it because it's the look of it is fantastic and the sound yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um. Then we watched Curse of Chucky. <laughs> yeah. Because we're into Chucky films now, because we watched Temple Wood, which was such shit that Chucky looks good. And we came up with Chucky Part 8. <laughs> Chucky travels back in time to the 40s. <laughs> it's a film noir, and he meets up with Charlie McCarthy, who's also a serial killing doll. I love it. Yes. I would watch that. Yes. And he has a radio show. And he has a radio show <laughs> and a tiny Tommy gun. Oh, God. That's that's a movie. Yeah. yeah. I, like, um, I like this idea. Yeah. Gene came up with the Charlie McCarthy bit because I was just like, we need to have, since we're oh, doing yeah. Noir Vember, I'm like, well, there's no Chucky Noir, but there needs to be one where Chucky's struck by lightning or slips in the tub or something and he ends up back in the past. Yeah. And then she said, ooh, it could be the 40s, and it could be Charlie McCarthy. I like that idea. Yeah. And, you know, to get around copyright stuff, you know, you could you could show Charlie McCarthy, but never from the front. You could always show him just in silhouette or from the back. All you need is a top hat. I was wondering if Charlie McCarthy was even in public domain now. Well, Who's using him? Nobody's using him. Probably nobody's it's using less him. less than 75 years, isn't it? True. But it's, but it's Candace Bergen's dad. Yeah. So I'm thinking she's pretty sharp. She probably would have the rights to Charlie McCarthy. Or, you know, whatever entertainment company would probably yeah. own it. Um, anyway, uh, we're looking for more Chucky films. Yeah. But there's none on Netflix. or. How about a... Go further back into a Western. You know, well, Ch see, well, Chucky then wagon. we thought, we were thinking, how do we get Chucky out of the 40s? Eugenia suggested, we don't, and we just do the next decade. There's yeah. a Chucky movie every Howdy decade. Doody. Yeah, he could meet Howdy Doody. In 60s, he, he could, could be meet, uh, Thunderbirds. Yeah, <laughs> every, every year, every decade, until the 80s, mm. and then he'll meet Chucky in Child's Play 1. And we would, you know, have the movie series fall in on itself, hopefully somehow opening a doorway we could push the whole franchise out of the universe <laughs> and out of everybody's collective memory. It'll cease to exist. Yes. No more Chucky. Yeah. That, that solves the problem. Who do you think he hangs out with in the 70s? Would it be like something from Sid and Marty Croft? 
Mm. Oh, I was thinking Muppets. That's true. Yeah, Yeah. there would be Muppets. Um, Yeah, there's the banana splits. There's HR Puff and stuff. But those aren't really all puppets. But we have Muppets. Ooh, I could see him showing up on the set of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. That would that would be bad news. I think we'd rip off the Muppets. Yeah. And they're all murderers. Right. And they're all real wry. That would work. Okay, what else is on the list? Oh, and the kills are spectacular. <laughs> of course they because are. Because I found the kills in Curse of Chucky to be a bit dull. They were. You know, yeah. I found the whole movie to be a kind of dull, and it really made Cult of Chucky go up a couple steps, you know. Yeah. Because uh, Cult of Chucky took place in some nonsense movie world where... <laughs> <laughs> where nonsense is possible. Mm-hmm. In fact, nonsense is highly likely. Yeah, and I figure, you know, if you're going to kill people on film, you better make it as spectacular as possible. Yeah. Um, it'll be hard to top the skylight decapitation scene from Cult of Chucky, but I think we could come up with something. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You just write up like five really spectacular kills and then make up the rest of the movie around it. We would stop and be like, oh, well, maybe you could put Nika in it, but it's her grandmother. Like, no, 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 you're thinking too much about this Chucky film. We don't need to worry about any plot like that yeah it's chucky killing starlets in the 40s with charlie mccarthy yeah and he sounds more like some you know bogart kind of fast talking gangster could you imagine like if, if he were to uh show up on the uh, at, at the at the studio for the radio show and just start going off swearing on the radio <laughs> yeah exactly that'd be great <laughs> So you got you got Charlie McCarthy, Mortimer Snurd, and Chucky. And Chucky. And Edgar Bergen is sitting there, and all of a sudden Chucky just starts swearing like crazy on live radio in the 40s. In the 40s, and people are dropping dead yeah. from hearing swear words over the airwaves. Yeah, that would probably happen. people in the 40s didn't swear. No. No, not they at all. They hadn't invented it. They hadn't invented sex or swearing. Apparently not, if you pay attention to all movies. of all of movies and books. You know, they went through all of World War II and nobody swore once. Right. <laughs> it was amazing. So he could be a special agent or something, because no one would suspect. Charlie McCarthy? Yeah. You know, and you got to get Chucky in a tiny trench coat. Mm-hmm. And we would see the pitter-patter <clears throat> of two pairs of little feet. That's what Curse of Chucky was missing. It did not have enough shots of Chucky's adorable little feet. Yeah. Do you think he needs to switch up the shoes sometimes, too? Like, I mean, in, in your Chucky Noir, they would have to be like wingtips or saddle nah, shoes or something. he still has the good guy costume on. We're okay. not going that far. <laughs> That's putting too much thought into it's it. It's too much thought. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be set in the late 40s, because if you did like World War II, it'd be too much like Puppet Master, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it'd have to be post-war yeah. right, L.A. Right. Noir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all black and white, high contrast, mm-hmm. and snappy dialogue. Excellent. You know? I want to see this. Yeah. We both are. I was like, man, I can see it. It's it's so awful. <laughs> it's almost unwatchable, but I can't turn away. 
Yeah. I can see the poster for it. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can Excellent. draw me a poster of Chucky <laughs> Noir. And we were thinking maybe the case of Chucky, because it seems to be the blank of Chucky. Mm-hmm. seems to be the titling uh, thought, anyway, after Child's Play 3. Yeah. The Maltese Chucky. The Maltese Chucky. Yeah. And the last one would be Drink Up Chucky and Die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm ready for more Chucky. I am, too. That's all we laugh about now is Chucky. I'm like, jeez. We've become real Chucky fans, even though he's terrible. Basically unwatchable. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then we watched one called Uncle John, which was a really interesting kind of Fargo crime movie that they felt the need to stick in an independent rom-com in. Hmm. So you have Uncle John. Well, the basic plot is uh, this small town in Wisconsin, the town bully, has uh, seen the light and become born again and is confessing to his all, all his sins. Um Uncle John, who is uh, another character, decides to murder him. He goes to murder him, but before he can hit him over the head with an oar on a fishing trip, uh, the town bully, Dutch, falls over dead from a heart attack. Well, rather than doing the sensible thing and just calling the cops and saying, yeah, he, he died, he goes ahead with his plan to burn the body. Hmm. Um, and it goes from there... It's really good, low-key acting, very Midwestern. It was excellent. But then they switched to Uncle John's nephew, who's working for some advertising company in Chicago, and his relationship with the new girl at work. And they go on a series of dates, and it's a very sort of realistic kind of light comedy Okay. You know, they're both meat cute kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it keeps cutting back to Uncle John, and it feels like they switch movies on you. And then it turns, you know, you know they're related somehow, but then it turns out uh, Uncle John raised the nephew. The okay. nephew tells the girlfriend, hey, let's go get donuts at my favorite donut place. It's a two and a half hour drive. So they drive <laughs> to Wisconsin to see Uncle John. Hmm. And. Uh, Dutch's little brother is even more psychotic than Dutch was, and he's convinced that John has Uncle John had something to do with his brother's disappearance. Huh. Um, I almost wish somebody could go in and just cut out all the the nephew bits, because it just totally, although not an unenjoyable film, although it felt kind of like I don't know an episode of The Office maybe or something, some light rom-com thing nothing they go for a couple drinks and whatnot they have some witty conversation but um it just you know i felt like why did they you know did they need filler yeah you gotta you gotta wonder like were there two different script ideas and it's like hey we could just like take these pages and shuffle them together yeah but the guy who plays Uncle John is fantastic for an, 
for an unknown actor, he plays it really natural. I really enjoyed those bits of the film. Hmm. But unfortunately, there's uh, another movie that's glommed onto it. And uh, you have to watch those bits, too. Uh, well, um, where is it available? Uh, I believe it's on Amazon okay. Prime. Okay. Um, then <clears throat> I watched one from 1978 called Psychotronic Man. Oh, yes. How have you that? seen Psychotronic Man? I have not. Oh, just read about it. Oh, my God. Psychotronic Man is the tale of a Chicago barber who drinks some barbicide and gains psychotronic powers. <laughs> now, for any listeners who didn't catch this episode, about 10, 11 years ago, um, Will came to my Halloween party dressed as the devil version of himself. The devil version of, of your cartoon self from, yeah. your, from your comics, second place comics. And uh, I had asked you before the party, because I always would have an open bar, like, well, what's your drink? And you're like, oh, I like that blue stuff. The combs are in it. The barber shop so i had a special blue cocktail with a brand new black comb in it as a swizzle stick ready for you like, yeah i made sure the bartender knew that when i pointed it out this is the guy that gets that drink um so barbicide pops up in this movie i imagine you had a, quite a laugh yeah <laughs> actually it's not really barbicide but he drinks some sort of hair cleaning product okay and goes on a long drive uh, that I'm not kidding is a really long drive. And then he pulls over and he has a dream that his car is flying through the sky. Now this whole thing was made on a budget of about $25 and those are $1978. So. Okay. I could buy a house for that. Yeah. Um, this movie was horrible. <laughs> it was almost as bad as Temple Wood. Now, we watched the Rift Tracks version, so we did have some buffer against the horribleness. Right. But, uh, basically, he's just a drunken barber who goes <laughs> on a drive and then he kills some guy who invites <laughs> him in for beans on toast. Oh, lovely. And then um, he kills his wife, and he kills his doctor, and then the cops chase him for a long time through Chicago, which they clearly had no permit for, which the Rift Track guy said, that's great, you just put the camera down and have the film the authorities actually chasing you away for having no permit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was filmed a lot of times with the wrong lens, so it has, like, cropped <laughs> off corners and it was all filmed in 4 3, you know, uh, format, like a television format. Oh, but God. With really inept filming, terrible acting, <laughs> just pure crap. Watch it. I remember uh, reading the Psychotronic Encyclopedia that, like, the, the review says they didn't like the the film but it was a nice title yes <laughs> yes they make a big joke about that they're like i do you think it was all the car parking <laughs> that really drew the psychotronic people to this movie um so, so did it have as much driving as manos the hands of fate or as, yes. as much as maybe uh rock and roll nightmare uh yes <laughs> both put together both okay. put together okay really there's just this driving scene at the beginning where he drives he leaves his shop in chicago to go home it's the end of the day <laughs> uh you figure it's the suburbs of chicago because mm -hmm. it's not really the city he's just got like a little shopping center 
barber shop. Right. Um, and he drives <clears throat> to northern Michigan to go home, basically. <laughs> wow. It is this. He drives. It is light. And it's dark when he pulls over. And then he f- takes a couple drinks and he falls asleep at the wheel on the side of the road and wakes up and his car is floating although it's not very believable <laughs> kind of like uh was it christmas evil that has the, mm-hmm. the flying Beautiful. van at the yeah. end yeah that christmas was evil is a masterpiece yes. compared to psychotronic man <laughs> um then we watched demonic which is on netflix <sighs> Boy, it was another winner. <laughs> Just watch After Images and then see how you feel about this movie. Okay, I will. Because so, yeah, I've heard about this. Demonic was... I'm going to write it, but I'm going to draw stink lines coming off it. It could have been okay, <laughs> but they did that thing where um, they jump around in time a whole lot. So you feel like... I don't know. I feel kind of cheated because you know the thing in the past has already happened, so it kind of cheats you out of any build-up there. And I don't know. The whole thing was just not very good. What's the uh, premise of that? Uh, There's a house that in the 80s, uh, a girl and her friends had a seance, and she went mad and killed uh all but one of them and uh the girl who got away the final girl's son has been having dreams about her after she died and he want he gets some ghost hunter club to go with him to this house to run the séance again and then mm-hmm. everything goes wrong okay. um surprise and then but it's cut that's all cut up which would be fine he, it's him, his girlfriend, his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend who runs the Ghost Hunter Club, and then some people you don't really know anything about. Just red shirts. Yeah, just total red shirts. <laughs> There's a guy named Donnie in there who like runs the camera stuff who couldn't wear a brighter color red. You're just like, oh, the poor Asian-American kid. Mm-hmm. Of course he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's literally a red shirt. Yeah. Um, but that's all cut up with, like, you start the movie and the cops are already on the scene. The murders have already happened and they find the final girl's son, who's an adult now. And they question him and it cuts back and forth between them questioning him and the events in the house. And I just... Any suspense you had was killed by the the jumping back and forth in time, I found. Kind of wish somebody would re-edit it and put it all in actual chronological order. Um, Then we watched The Void, which you both have seen. Mm -hmm. Gene hated this movie so much. (laughs) Oh, my God. Was she punching you for having put it on? Yeah, Yeah, it was bad. Um... I like the idea of the void, mm. and I wish like a dark song. Maybe we had seen the doctor's workings, right? You know, um, but boy, the void just missed every mark it could have set up. 
Yeah. The only thing that I thought was a saving grace was they used practical effects on the monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were some kind of nice images where they'd show you the expanse of space and then these weird pyramids floating in the sky. Things like that were kind of interesting and you didn't really know what was going on. But then they just stocked it with the most boring characters that had nothing going for them. And you and you don't understand what the uh, what this this uh, incredibly powerful force from beyond our dimension like what's it what's it what's the benefit to this thing um, messing up these people it's messing up stalking them and killing them yeah like what why you know why is it why is it even bothering to do this is it going to take over the universe by by uh, messing up a bunch of people hanging out in an abandoned hospital yeah I don't think that's a good world domination scheme but okay <sighs> yeah and the then uh, last night we watched the dark, a dark song. Yeah. And how did your wife feel about a dark song? She loved it. Cool. <laughs> um, although she had some quibbles with the Amberlin. Well, um, so there were probably some magical things that were executed in a... Well, not being a ceremonial magician, but she was like, I don't think that's quite how this works. But despite those minor quibbles... With some of the magic, uh, she really liked the film. I did like how they started with an empty wooden floor, and they started drawing circles, and then connected the circles. And then by the end of the movie, there was all kinds of ornate embellishments and chambers connected through the circles mm-hmm. as they accomplished each of the steps that they were accomplishing. Everything sort of became, you know, more finished looking and more uh, interconnected. Yeah. So that was a cool visual. I like that about it. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to uh, each rewatch that. And Jolien, if you watch it, we'll we'll Talk have some. we'll have a good <laughs> yep. yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah, and thank I was you. so worried you were going to say a Dark Signal. You told me yesterday, <laughs> that movie was terrible. Yeah. Um, I did think the Welshmen that get in the house at the end of a Dark Song were pretty frightening. Oh, the, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welshman. <laughs> there might be some Welsh horror coming out because uh, the, they found out that a bunch of, like, British uh, nuclear waste has been dumped around the oh, Caesar of Wales. So, really? Yeah, as people on the news <clears throat> shows oh. are, like, speculating about what M- mutations mutants. this is going to cause in Wales. And, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, at the end of the movie, not spoiling it, there's a bunch of demon folk that show up, and yeah, Gene's quip was, they're just Welshmen that have gotten into the house. <laughs> See, in, in real life, that'd be great. Cause, uh, it's uh, a home invasion, yeah, is all it is. A home invasion by some really friendly people. And, yeah, exactly. With, with great, great voices. Oh, God. But... Uh, it would be the most impl- the most pleasant yeah. home invasion ever. Yeah. yeah. Oh hey. <laughs> but uh, we we started watching another film. This brings up a question: Is this uh, romantic comedy, which is uh, still playing at some art theaters here, called The Big Sick? Uh huh. Hmm. And uh, so I uh, I got a copy of it um, because uh, it's so rare to see an Asian 
in a lead role and be a romantic lead as well. Yeah, right. So it's basically a romantic comedy. He's he 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 does stand up. Okay. And uh, he, he's like this Pakistani American. Yeah, guy. Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. yeah, he's really good in it. Um, but anyway, he's into horror movies. He's got like Shaun of the Dead poster. Uh, his first date with this woman. They watched Night of the Living Dead because you know that's public domain. Oh, right. And uh, but then the second movie he puts on is uh, the abominable Doctor Fibes. Okay. <laughs> she asks him, "Is this one of those thing times where a guy puts on a movie to test his new girlfriend?" Okay. <laughs> she fails miserably as soon as he starts the movie. She's bored by it. She's oh. yawning. And uh, and soon after this, like uh, Emily, just it was one of those mo- uh, movies where one of us will go off to the bathroom and say, "I'll just carry on," you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't pause it. Yeah. Just so I, I put, all right. So I, I stopped it because I was so sort of like uh, I was actually uh, it's like well forget her you know yeah dump her <laughs> so uh, yeah so this was definitely a movie where uh, uh, you know if 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 you were out with, if you had a date with a prospective partner, uh, and you put on a movie, and they were bored by it straight away, would you break up with that person? If they were that bored that fast with Doctor Fives, I, I, <laughs> I confess, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, we're not going to yeah. get along. Everything else would be under much greater scrutiny, wouldn't it? Yeah. She'd I mean, have to be maybe pretty amazing never, in some other ways. Yeah. You know? right. It may not be a deal breaker, but it's definitely going to put you at a higher level yeah. of alertness. I went on a couple dates with a girl who, um, I don't know, maybe the third or fourth date, we stayed at her house and watched her favorite movie, which was Waterboy. Wow. The Adam Sandler film. And that really, that was uh, kind of the end of it. Red flag, red flag. Yeah, it was total red flag. It was like, hmm, <laughs> really? Is this that's your favorite? This is your favorite movie. Ouch. Yeah. That's, uh, that's right up there with Cuddy Shark Girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm, You're too stupid to date. I don't know. I don't know uh, if, if this will work. Because I'm not sensing any irony here that this is your favorite movie. Right. It's just, yeah, it, I mean, I like some shitty films, I'll admit it, but right. I don't think I'd ever call, you know, something like that my favorite. No, not The Water Boy. I did also see The Big Sick, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, so we, we made it about half an hour in and then gave up on it. Oh, you gave, you gave up? Yeah, because like, she went off, and I, I didn't like it anymore, and mm. I like that guy, and I yeah. thought, well, this isn't that funny. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the whole movie. Um, <laughs> there was There was more... I think the the big turn in the story happens probably shortly after that you guys bailed out on it, but uh, but I yeah I liked it. Okay. And, and I, I do, and the, I don't like rom coms. <laughs> I have the rule though: if we put a film on, we watch the entire thing. Uh, you know, unless it's like some four hour long epic, I'll shut it off. But if it's ninety <laughs> minutes or under, we're watching the whole thing. And uh, ooh, it has led to some fights. <laughs> But I won't turn a thing <laughs> off, even if we hate it. But I will give anything a once through, mm. even Psychotronic Man or Temple Wood. Wow. I just had too much other stuff that, you know, yeah. I think we watched Gotham instead or something. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of shows building up that we, we need to watch, but nope, we're going on to noir. 
Yeah. Mm. So as uh, so nothing. Oh, sorry. Okay. Because uh, uh, you you do your noir vember. Yeah, thing, I'm gonna do I, noir I, I used to do that because like I used to watch so many horror movies in October. I just like all right, no horror movies in November. Yeah. And but the the next best thing was uh, noir. Yeah. Okay. Because they're you know it's got that. Uh, they're as stylish as horror movies, and, mm-hmm. the, and the, it can often be frightening. Yeah. In fact, more frightening in many cases. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Noir Vember. Porn Vember. Porn Vember. <laughs> there's, there's, there's movies like Nightmare Alley, which, you know, and Psycho that kind of start out Noir. And, yeah. But by the end of it, they're in definite horror territory. Horror. And, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. But, Psycho uh, is very, fairly Noir. Well, like some of the most frightening sequences I've ever seen have been like um, a border incident. Mm-hmm. You know that scene, <laughs> and T Men. Oh, I forgot a movie we watched, uh, The Haunting. Oh yeah, which the original? Yeah. Uh, kind of breaks my rule that uh, ghosts. No, my two rules were well, ghosts were kind of one, but my two rules were I hadn't, I, it can't be something I've seen, and uh, we can't turn it off once it starts. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but any rules mean to be broken. So, <laughs> I've seen the haunting. I saw the haunting when I was a little kid, and it bored me. And I don't remember much of it, but I really liked it. Yeah, this is a you know first time I've watched it as an adult. So even though it broke rule one, yeah, we both really really liked it. Yeah, love that. And that movie is fantastic. Even though I hate Eleanor. Passion. She's so terrible. So I wrote down a couple of short lists here, and I, and I wonder what you guys might think of. Like, if you are at home Halloween night, and um, you're just going to have um, some background watching going on, like you're not sitting down focused because you know that trick or treaters may or may not show up. Uh, some years you get more than others, but. Uh, what are some of the movies you put on on Halloween to just sort of enjoy? You know, you've seen them before. Do you have a few of those in mind, Will? Uh, Orgy of the Dead. Orgy of the Dead's perfect. Wonderful. Make sure and turn the television so the kids can see. I it. want the yeah. kids to see, and that's the night I hand out cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to get the Blu-ray of that. It's still like twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Twenty for bucks for Ed Wood Orgy of the Dead. Ooh. That's more than Ed Wood made off of Orgy <laughs> of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> for any listeners who've not seen it, you should see it. Oh yeah. And uh, and we'll tell you a little bit about it. It's just basically a showcase of uh, of nude dancer. After, yeah, yeah. Basically, topless burlesque dancer yeah. after topless burlesque I went to this dancer. Ed Wood fest at the Scala, and it was like, you know. Most of his movies like for twenty four hours, and and they had oh, like man. the director of Orgy of the Dead there. This really, Stephen Apostolov. Yeah, and so he he came out and he was talking about it, but that yeah. was just such a riot. How did so he explain funny. himself? Oh, he, he was just like he got all these these uh, you know strippers and things, and so, show your ticket sellers. Yeah, I think that's what he called them. Ticket yeah. sellers. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he was obviously a, a 
you, you, you just want <laughs> as seedy a character as you could hope for and uh, uh, yeah but you know the genius here is is Edward because you have all that amazing dialogue oh of course Criswell and and Fawn Silver and, yeah. Uh, yeah it's such fun yeah that in fact I'm glad you mentioned Edward because that's another one of them um, so uh, Orgy of the Dead mm-hmm yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of the winner overall. That's the winner. Uh, Towers of Halloween is a good one because it's got lots of short stories. Yeah, I've got that on my new list. If I if I if I were to pick three newer ones that I have seen that I would just have on, um, Get Out, It Follows, and Tales of Halloween would be my three newer ones that I would just have for for me, not for anyone who might look past the door. Hmm. Um, but I kind of like the you know they're not Halloween, well. Tales of Halloween is, but it follows has that mood of the original 1978 Halloween. It feels like that neighborhood, and Get Out kind of has that weird, you know, um, that dreadful Wicker Man vibe starting to build throughout the movie. And and those three are kind of uh, the newer ones. Um, what about earlier ones like Old Black and White? Any any favorites that you would just have running in the background, Julian? Uh, yeah, I mean, any of the universal ones. Sure. Thundercrack. Yeah. <laughs> Thundercrack. That's another one to turn toward, turn the screen toward yeah. the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, kids, this is what you can do with vegetables. Hey, kids. <laughs> yeah. Have a cigarette. Kids love pornography and cigarettes. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Got to start them young. Um, yeah, Bride of Frankenstein, I think, is like if I had to pick one from the original Universal Studios, because it has all the imagery, and it doesn't stay very very dull for very long before something crazy happens. Yeah. Yeah, the the uh, Lugosi Karloff uh, black cat. Yeah. Because uh, it's just so stylish looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I had uh, Bride of Frankenstein and Wolfman were two of the universal that i had on the list but um night of the living dead and plan nine from outer space you know and, and i know will's mm-hmm. the the dissenting opinion on this one but <laughs> plan nine not your favorite no you could show robot monster though mm-hmm. robot monster would work yeah not much more frightening uh, than roman glenn or glenda <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry kids you have to learn about this sooner or later um and then something in between, of course, uh, time-wise, you know, some older stuff, some newer stuff. The in-between um, older stuff would be the original 78 Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, yeah. and American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. You know, those I could just have on. I know everything that's going to happen. And if I have to get up and answer the door three times in a row and then not for an hour and then three times in a row again, same kids, different, they switched masks. Yeah. I, th- I kind of think that's what happens. I think they just like have some convertible costumes that they can just like change the you know some parts around and yeah it's like well this 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 guy with the Power Ranger costume now has a, a Wonder Woman mask on right. but uh, you know whatever yeah here's here so do you, do you think it's fair to have a second bowl of candy with shitty candy in it <laughs> if you don't like their costumes yeah sure why not. Like so, you so you open the door and they say trick or treat. You start reaching for the bowl and then you see the shitty costume or the lack of a costume. I don't yeah, mean, I don't if mean they don't have a la- if they don't have a costume. Yeah, if they're about 15. they don't get a cigarette. Yeah, they they get the lollipops. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a bowl of like dum dums or something. Yeah, 
the name raisins <laughs> raisins and dum-dums you get a handful of raisins not even the miniature boxes no just, just a handful of raisins <laughs> with tiny razor blades stuck in each one <laughs> little barbie-sized razor blades yeah, it could be rabbit poo <laughs> yeah uh, rodent droppings and raisins smartening pills <laughs> Hey, these aren't smartening pills, they're rabbit turds. See, you're getting smarter already. Mm. So, yeah, um, yeah um, that's kind of my lists for that sort of thing. Uh, visually arresting things like Suspiria. And oh, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first couple of Demons films. Yeah, definitely those. Dr. Fibes. Dr. Fibes, the litmus Dr. test for Fibes. your dates. Mm. Yeah. The first one's really good. The second one's not so bad. <laughs> nope. I feel bad for the second one. It's like they got cheated. Yeah, it's like a tough act to follow that first one, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. The first one's just like mondo nonsense. <laughs> well, considering that it falls on a Tuesday this year, Halloween. Um, and it snows. And it's going to snow at least tomorrow. Maybe it's I'll It's always have supposed to snow on Halloween. Yeah, here in Denver. Here in Colorado. Yeah. Maybe just put on The Shining. I imagine if you were a kid here and you had to wear your coat over your costume. Oh, how annoying. You know, whereas New Mexico was almost always warm enough that it, you could go as just about anything. So um, what are your plans for Halloween since it's a Tuesday? Are you just going to hang out? and? Uh, I'm going to watch Child's Play. Yeah? You're just going to work yeah. your way backward? We're going to watch, uh, yeah. We're gonna watch Child's Play once I get home from work. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta find a copy of it because it's not on Netflix. But well, you'll be working at the hardware store. You can just grab the bucket of candy on your way yeah, out, and exactly. If you do get any trick or treaters, then you go. Yeah. Just to you know, pick up some raisins from the grocery store, and you could be ready I for probably, any. Probably, I probably won't turn the light on. <laughs> no. I, I bought I've bought candy a couple years, and we never get trick or treaters, so you end up eating all of it. Yeah. Which I don't consider that a bad thing, but maybe it's not good for our health. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's probably not good for my teeth. Yeah, you know, you've, you've got Halloween and then you've got Christmas. Christmas. I mean, that's outside of that, you know. you got Valentine's Day and Easter. <laughs> Who can forget Easter and Labor Day? Have you, have you ever Arbor heard of Day? <laughs> All the snacks on the 4th of July. That's true. Have you... Bastille Day. <laughs> Guy Fawkes Day, right? Yeah, Guy Fawkes Day. Right, right. In November, right there. Yep. Guy right Fawkes be... Day, the traditional food, is is relatively healthy. Yeah. It's just baked potato. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a strange Stuffed holiday. Stuffed with gunpowder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roasted flesh. Yeah, Jolien, what are your Halloween night uh, plans? A bunch of people are coming over. I'm going to be the only male person there, and but I've got my uh, mega Halloween mix and yep, a bunch Up of movies I can stick on. Seven days now, you mix. I I've not checked recently, but it is pretty long. It, it's definitely a couple of days long at least. Yeah, I remember at the <laughs> at the art store mm. you'd put it on before halloween and yeah. it'd be 
We had at least three days, I think, of Halloween yeah. mix. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't hear the same one twice. No, no, it was great. <laughs> For anyone who, who has trouble putting together a Halloween mix, they're not trying hard enough. No. No, there's a ton of Halloween songs. There's at least two monster mashes. And it is cheating to just go with like horror metal or soundtracks. Yeah. Because you can easily like fill out a week of yeah that stuff but you have thriller on there twice right <laughs> the monster mash four Mad, or five times yeah monster mash at least half a dozen times <laughs> werewolves of london and uh ghetto boys mind of the lunatic see with, with, with monster mash you have the song itself you've got to have that on yeah uh but he there's also like he also did other songs because that was such a hit so he also did like uh surfer mash and then the guy he worked with, who who didn't get so much fame from it, he did his own kind of takeoffs on it. Wow! And then there's at least two by Long Cheney. Long Cheney. <laughs> yeah. Long Cheney. <laughs> Man. So you can do the Spider Baby song he did. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And he did a Christmas kind of Monster Mash one. Yeah, and Rob Zombie's got a few that would work. Yep. Yep. Living Dead Girl on there. Yeah, we, we've gone too many episodes without mentioning Rob Zombie, so I had to bring him up. Bless Rob him. Zombie's Rob Zombie. <laughs> Featuring Rob Zombie. What's he doing now, do you know? Uh, he's working on a kid's film, I believe. <laughs> okay. He should, if he's not. It's going to look like a 90s music video. <laughs> yep. With puppets. With puppets. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, do you feel like we've covered our uh, our Halloween, Halloween stuff yeah, pretty well? Halloween's. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go buy a couple bags of tiny candy bars and uh, a box of raisins. Mm. Give out individual raisins. <laughs> well, I have a wrist rocket slingshot. I'd just be like, go out deep and just like let it rip and just like, you know. I'm gonna shoot raisins at kids. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Why not? It's not like. You, you know, it's not illegal, is it? I don't know. Yeah, I should look that up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the regulations are in raisins in this state. Yeah. All right, so next week we'll be talking is about... Raisin Hell? <laughs> it is. Raisin Hell. The new Rob Zombie film featuring the puppetry of... Would it be Jim Henson Jr.? What's his son? Jim Henson Jr., <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for next, first name is Long. <laughs> Long, Long Henson, <laughs> Long Henson Jr. Um, so for next week, we're gonna do a dark song. So um, I'm already caught up. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. I'll be talking right. about noir. Yeah, we're for just, noir of Ember. So we're just gonna hit pause and then hit record again and just talk about a dark song and yeah, Jolien could follow along and pretend he's seen it. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, we could just watch it live while we talk about it. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Um, so happy Halloween, everyone. We did this. Uh, we, we talked about Halloween stuff and, and, and our 31 days of Halloween will be complete Yep. by next episode. I'm going to watch four more episodes or four more movies. Yeah, three more, three movies. more movies. Um, two of them for me are definitely going to have to be, um, one of the universal monster movies and, John Carpenter's Halloween. But, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. Child's Play doesn't, I mean, it breaks my first rule. I've but, seen it. But. Yeah, but that's okay. 
I'm going to force Jean to watch it. Yeah. She's loving the Chucky. If she hasn't seen it, then it doesn't break the rule. I think she's probably seen it, but it's not a fan. (laughs) And it's been a long time, so it's a mind eraser. Yeah. Cool. Let's get out of here. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. Stay off the moors.